0: Hello, and welcome to the New Hope Church podcast. Don't forget to check us out online at newhopechurch.tv. And we'd love to connect with you on social media at newhopechurch.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. All right, I want to welcome everyone to 88 Campus, Friendswood Campus, Alvin Campus. Webster campus and those who are joining us on the iCampus as well great to be in church today with you uh, I think this was probably announced that all of our um, At all of our campuses talk about the the candy and the fall delight that the new hope kids are having and Just to tell you what I saw. There's a little girl seated right down here in front of me And uh, when they said we're gonna have candy and come and get all the candy and drive through she went like this <laughs> I saw you. I saw you very cute. Very cute. So bring candy for her. Okay? For her. She so needs lots of candy, right? Don't you? Lots of candy. Very sweet. Um, after we showed the baptism video last week from our Baptisms Everywhere Challenge that we had uh, three weeks ago or whenever it was. Now I don't remember. Uh, but we gave out that challenge uh, Uh, And we showed the video last week, a compilation video. We have been asked many, many times now this question, how many people got baptized? The answer to that question is 120 people were baptized after the baptism challenge. And baptized, professing their faith in Jesus Christ, which is just awesome, man. It's so awesome. But I'm going to tell you something else that's more awesome Uh, that makes it even more awesome that is this when we gave out that challenge we were not yet having in-person services and yet 120 people got baptized which just shows you god's spirit is never in quarantine right he's gonna do his work right Which, by the way, we started a series today that we're calling Living by the Spirit. In this series, we're going to be in Galatians 5. Eventually. Eventually. And I say that because when I first planned out this series, I thought, we're just going to go to Galatians 5. We're going to study it. It's going to be awesome. But then as I got to studying and moving my way through it, I thought, well, you know what? Galatians 5 is more about the fruit that comes out of your life because of the Spirit in you. So we kind of need to back up a little bit and describe and bring some clarity to who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does, first of all, in our lives when, when we give our hearts to Jesus. And so in order to do that, i gotta, I got to move around a little bit in the Scriptures uh, and away from Galatians 5, at least at first, okay, to get a more complete picture of who he is, even from the words of Jesus himself over in uh, the, the book of John. We will return to Galatians 5 in a couple of weeks, all right, and uh, then we're going to talk about the fruit that he produces in our life. But what I want to do right now is I want to give you the theme verse for the entire series. The theme verse is this: is from Galatians five and verse twenty-five. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Since we, since we, what? live by the Spirit. So, I can point to a lot of verses in the Bible. I'm going to use this right here as our theme verse that teach this principle that we're supposed to live live by His Spirit, and we're supposed to walk with the Spirit and keep in step with Him. And I imagine that I'm probably speaking to somebody on one of our campuses or watching us online right now who you get a little freaked out by the subject of the Holy Spirit. And I will just tell you up front, I get it. I get it. I uh, because uh, I believe it's the King James version in the Bible that calls it the Holy Ghost. That it calls him the Holy Ghost, not the Holy Spirit. And so that unnerves me just a little bit. And I remember when I was a kid, we had this guy come to our church that was into demons and satanic worship and witches and all that kind of stuff. And he spoke at our church. Tr- he spoke, he got saved, okay, he got saved. He didn't come speak to our church to recruit us or anything like that. But he got saved, gave his heart to Jesus, and so he was talking about, ooh, you know, all the weird stuff on the dark side of the equation, and it freaked me out. I remember I was a young man in church. I got totally freaked out, and then he kind of concluded his speech with this, which was supposed to be helpful. He said, you know, we don't, we don't need to worry or fret, though, because greater is he who is in us and he who is in the world, which I totally agree with. But he, then, he, then he says, we have the Holy Ghost in us, and I'm like, great. ghost is in me. And, you know, because I'm thinking Ebenezer Scrooge, A Christmas Carol, the ghost visiting. You know, I'm like, no ghost, no ghost. Holy or not, no ghost stories in in my life. But uh, that was not a comforting thought to me. However, the Holy Spirit does want to comfort and all kinds of things. He wants to do a lot of good things in our life, some of which I want to show you today. Not an exhaustive list, but this is going to get us going in the study hopefully, hopefully, is going to help us to understand God's Spirit more. So, first of all, if you're taking notes, number one, the Holy Spirit will take up residence in me 24-7. The Holy Spirit will take up residence in me 24-7. When I, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, what we're saying is God, God, His Spirit, okay? And when I accept What Jesus did for me on the cross, when I give my life to him, his Holy Spirit, then God's Holy Spirit, takes up permanent residence in me. That's why we've got verses in the Bible where God says this about himself. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. That's why David could say over in Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You're with me. That's why David could say, I can go to the highest heights to the lowest depths. There's no place that I could escape the presence of God. Now, how can there be so many verses in the Bible about we are always in his presence? Because if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, his presence is in you. God's spirit is in you 24-7. In fact, in John 14, Jesus tells his disciples that he's leaving He says, I'm leaving, and what I'm going to do is this, verse 16. I'm going to ask the Father, and he will give you another. And if you had paper listening, guides, I would say circle that. So, just circle it in your head, okay? Another advocate or counselor or helper, talking about the Holy Spirit, to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So, this word right here, we've got one word in English for another, another. That's the word. In, in, in the Greek, they have a couple different choices. So, Jesus had a couple different choices of which Greek word to use. One of those Greek words is Alos, Alos. The other one is heteros. Both Greek words, both mean another. Both would be translated into English as another. However, the word alos means another of the same kind whereas heteros means another of a different kind you know which word jesus used Alos, alos which means another of the same kind so jesus says yes i'm leaving but it's actually okay because i'm going to send someone who's the same as me so god the son ascended went to god the father God, the spirit came down. Don't ask me to explain the Trinity. My little brain can't do it at this moment. Okay. And I don't know that if I've ever done a good job explaining it, but I do see evidence of our triune God, God, the father, God, the son, God, the spirit all through the scripture. But here Jesus says, I'm going to go. And God's spirit is going to come and he's going to be in you. And he's going to be uh, with you from this point forward 24 7 and that's why Jesus made this puzzling statement also again in the book of John this time chapter 16 he says very, very truly I tell you it is for your good that I'm going away unless I go away the advocate or the helper the counselor talking about the Holy Spirit will not come to you but if I go I will send him to you <clears throat> so Jesus is leaving And he's talking to his disciples, and he says, Hey, man, been a good three years. It's been awesome. But I'm leaving, but that's okay, because it's good for me. Pardon me. It's good for you that I am leaving. And if you were one of his disciples, if I was one of his disciples, that would be a tough sell at that moment. If he said, I'm going to leave you, but you're going to be better off with me gone. I'd say, "Uh, Pardon? Uh, No. I don't don't see that. I, I don't get that. Let me explain it this way. Um, When Jesus was here on the earth physically, he, he poured his, he willingly poured his deity into the location of his humanity. He poured his deity into the location of his humanity. Another way to say that is this, where Jesus was, Jesus was, you with me? So he was wherever he was. That's why people look for him because if you wanted to find Jesus, you had to find his body. Because he was where he was. Uh, Let me explain it this way. If I announced in the sermon at this point that Jesus was going to be at New Hope Church in bodily form next Sunday morning, you don't want to miss this. He's going to be in the lobby. I'm not really making this announcement. He's going to be in the lobby between the 9:45 and 11:15 service. He's going to be greeting folks, he's going to be taking selfies and signing things. So, wow, you really want to be in church at New Hope Church next Sunday morning. I know immediately, if that's all I said, I know immediately the question that we would be bombarded with, which campus? Which campus? And let's just say, remember, this is only an illustration, uh, hypothetical here. Uh, Let's just say that I said, okay, uh, next week he's going to be at, he's going to be at, uh, he's going to be, where's he going to, where's he going to, oh, he's going to be at the Webster campus, all right? I don't even have to ask where you're going to go to church next week. (laughs) We're all going to Webster. Somebody say amen. We're all going to Webster. Webster, get ready. We're coming at you, man. Uh, But... That's because we wouldn't want to be where he was physically. And when Jesus was here physically on this earth, he was relegated to the location of his body. And that's why, as I said, people were constantly, constantly looking for him. People came from the Decapolis, which is the cities across the Jordan, way up in that region, and looking for him, taking day-long journeys, two-day journeys. People came from Jerusalem, 80 miles away up to Capernaum to look for him. To find him physically because they wanted to be in his presence, to see him, to hear him, to watch him. People were always looking for Jesus, but then he left and things changed. And all of a sudden, God's Spirit came down the same as Christ. Christ said, Another of the same kind is coming down and it's going to be with you, and it's going to be in you. So, all of a sudden, instead of Jesus being in one place at one time, maybe ministering to one person at a time, suddenly there are millions and millions of Christ followers inhabited by God's Spirit, living by his Spirit, led by his Spirit, keeping in step with his Spirit, all doing the work of Jesus all over the globe which amazingly makes Jesus' reach larger now than it was when he was here physically in one place at a time. And Jesus knew that. That's why he said in John chapter 14, by the way, Shadow Creek, you need to pick up your game. (laughs) Just kidding, I don't, it's just the way it is. Uh, John chapter 14, I tell you the truth, Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because he's going to do greater things because I'm going to the Father. Greater, which can be interpreted as larger scale things. So, the Son of God went back to heaven with God the Father. God the Spirit came down and lives with us and in us and there's a long for the ride. No matter where we go, no matter what we go through, And there's no place to hide from him. And maybe somebody really needs to hear this today because you are going through it in your life. Listen to me. Nothing in all of this world can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And he is never gonna leave you nor forsake you. If you're a follower of Christ, his spirit dwells in you. Okay? So, it's one thing he does. He indwells in something else I want to show you today. His Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will equip me for my calling. He will equip me for my calling. God's Spirit gives us what we need when we need it, right on time, every time. It may be through another Christ follower, a Spirit-led Christ follower. It may be through circumstances that God's Spirit has orchestrated on our behalf. But it all goes back to his Holy Spirit working in us, helping us, equipping us. The Holy Spirit is an equipper. In fact, here's something important to remember. Perhaps you've heard this. God does not call the equipped. He equips those he calls. So if you feel a little inadequate today for the role that God has you in in your life or that he is calling you to, anybody feel a little bit inadequate? Sometimes I've got both my hands up. I feel inadequate all the time, inadequate all the time. So, if you feel that way on occasion, first of all, join my club, join my club. Uh, Secondly, don't worry about it because God's Spirit is going to take you to equipping school. John chapter 14, again, Jesus says, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you. All things, and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. So, unlike our schools that close down, you know, because of uh, COVID nineteen or because of a tropical storm or because of the thought of a tropical storm, um, I'm not making fun of. Just saying, (laughs) Uh, God's Spirit is our teacher, and class is never dismissed. 24-7, he's constantly teaching us, equipping us for whatever is next. So, we read our Bibles as we should. We show up at church as we should. We listen. We hear. We are maybe get a verse in our mind or a thought from a principle in Scripture in our mind and Maybe we kind of forget that, whatever it was, that verse or that principle, but then we get out into real life and something happens and we go through some sort of difficulty or we're about to make some decision and the Holy Spirit of God reminds us of what we have heard from his word and he urges us toward the right choice, which I'm gonna tell you what the right choice does. The right choice always, 100% of the time, makes us more like jesus it makes us more like jesus in fact that's the ultimate goal here second corinthians paul says we are being transformed into christ's image with ever increasing glory which comes from the lord who is the spirit so the goal for all of us is that we be transformed into the image of jesus christ confession time i'm not there yet anybody else say not there yet if you're not there yet God, okay god's still working on us right <clears throat> But thank God that we're not what we used to be, right? Not what we're going to be, but thank God not what we used to be. And, and so for you and I, because we're not there yet, school is still in session. <laughs> and God's Spirit, our teacher, is never absent. Never has to take a personal day. <laughs> never has to take PTO, you know. Uh, never Never gets sick. And there's never a moment when he's not there. He doesn't need to send in a substitute teacher. He shows up every day. Uh, He doesn't show up. He's there every day, every moment of every day, and will teach us in every moment of every day if we are receptive. He's going to work in us. He's going to teach us new things. He's going to remind us of things that we've already learned so that we can be more like Jesus. I'm going to tell you something, man. Sometimes... This process is painful. Sometimes it's painful. Just I'm being honest with you. In fact, here's why. Here's why it's painful. Because number three, for taking notes, the Holy Spirit will convict me of sin and change me. Convict me of sin and change me. I read uh, my utmost for His highest by Oswald Chambers every single morning. It's a, if you don't know, it's a, a year long devotional which is written a long time ago, and today. It was about this. What are the chances? Okay. But he said, I won't get the line verbatim, but he said uh, in the devotional, he said, he said, God's spirit sometimes will hurt us while he's changing us. It will hurt us, but he does so to remove the things that will really hurt us. So, there's some pain along the way. But what he's trying to do is he's trying to take away things that will hurt us long term. And God's Spirit oftentimes, oftentimes points to places in our lives where we need to change. Jesus said, back in the book of John, here again, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin. Now, I am not a counselor. Um, And I'm just telling you that for all kinds of reasons, but one is people often want to be counseled by me. You don't want to be counseled by me. I don't know what I'm doing, first of all. Secondly, I hear that you actually have to listen to people when you counsel them. That's what I've heard. And I I don't need to hear a lot, I'm, I'm sorry, to know what people need to do sometimes. And so I just want to cut to the chase. They start talking about, you know, how their dad or something treated them. I'm like, come on, get over it, man. What are you supposed to be doing right now? Okay. Uh, Change your life. And and so, and then people leave the church, so I don't counsel anymore. (laughs) But I have counseled enough in the past to realize that I am easily fooled. Here's what I mean by that. Somebody will you know, having trouble with somebody else, they'll come to me, they'll say, hey, so-and-so said, did this and hurt me and the feelings and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, man, they are terrible. They're terrible. That's a terrible person you're talking about right there. And then the other person will come to me and say, well, the reason I said that was because they said this and they did this and I was trying to, and I'm like, well, that other person's terrible. terrible. Uh, wow, I didn't, I had no idea, which is why the book of Proverbs says, the first person to make his case seems right until the second person walks in. So, I get fooled sometimes. So do you. And and here's the deal. If you depend on another person to change your life, you, my friend, are in trouble. Because like if you have this other person, you say, this is going to be my accountability partner, and they're going to ask me tough questions, and I'm just going I'm I'm to tell them what's going on, and they're going to hold me accountable, and If you have another person like that in your life, good for you. But here's what we do when we have that other person. When it comes time to put the cards on the table, we'll put the cards down that make us look good while we keep the other cards close to our chest. Listen to me. You can fool other people, but you cannot fool the Holy Spirit. You can talk all day long long about how great you are, like, I don't have to apologize. I don't need to apologize because that other person, man, they did this, and therefore they deserve what they got. I'm not going to apologize. They need to apologize to me. And people go, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. And, or you can say, I, I, I deserve to get away with this because I've been a victim my whole life. I'm a victim, and so let me. I, I, I deserve some slack, and people might buy it. They probably will if you're, compelling enough, but if you lay your head down on your pillow at night and you pray and you say, God, show me the truth about myself, or like David said, he said, search me, search me, search me, God. See if there's anything offensive in me and then help me to do a course correction. I'm just telling you, if you pray a prayer like that, God will show you. He will show you what needs to change. Now, I think the reason that a lot of people who get power and influence crash and burn, and we see it almost every week in the news, somebody is powerful, somebody with a lot of influence, and they do something stupid, just stupid. And the more that comes out, you're like, wow, they were super stupid. And I think the reason that people get super stupid sometimes is because they end up with only people around them who won't tell them the truth, who only say what they want to hear. And so they can get away with anything, or they think they can, obviously not listening to God's voice. And then, and this is nowadays big time, people get into echo chambers where people are just parroting this and saying the same thing and maybe yelling the same thing. And it's like, wow, we're right. There's, I agree with you, you agree with me, we all agree, and everybody else needs to agree with us because there's so many of us and we're yelling and, So God, God surely agrees with this without actually consulting his word or listening to his still small voice. And I just, I'm telling you, I don't want you to to run into a brick wall. I want better for you than that. And so here's how you get there. You listen to God's still small voice. You get humble before God. You ask God, to change you into the person that he wants you to become. And you let his Holy Spirit do his work. We'll talk more about that next week. But one other thing I want to show you for today is this. The Holy Spirit will guarantee my salvation. Will guarantee my salvation. Uh, I asked Jane to marry me uh, at Spoto's Restaurant in Seminole, Florida. Uh, Expensive restaurant, way beyond my ability to pay, although I saved up my pennies for that particular evening and Um, The restaurant has since burned down, so don't try to Google it and go there because it's no more. Um, Which I think what happened was after we got engaged there, they just were like, nothing better than this is ever going to happen here. Burn it down. (laughs) Probably not. That's probably not what happened. But uh, it was awesome. It was wonderful. And on that evening, I gave her a ring and asked her to be my wife. And that ring was my promise to her that I was going to marry her. At the time and date of our mutual choosing, I was going to marry her and then I was going to take her home to be my wife. And, but the ring, was that, that was the guarantee, the promise. And it identified her to other people as my future wife. And the truth is, in, in Scripture, God gives us the deposit of his Holy Spirit. The presence of God in us is a way for others to see that we belong to God. While at the same time, it is a deposit that guarantees that he's going to take us home someday. Ephesians. The Apostle Paul says, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. The word deposit there in, in the scripture can also be translated as earnest, as in earnest money. The Holy Spirit is in earnest. You understand earnest money, I I hope, I, I think. Probably if you've ever purchased a home, had that honor, there was a moment where they wanted some earnest money, which meant that this is, you're gonna do this. You're gonna do this or Maybe you're at a garage sale or something, and, and you see something you want, but you don't have that much money on you, and they're only taking cash, and so you pull out all the money that you have in your pocket, you know, 20, 40 bucks or whatever, you give it to them and say, will you hold this? This is mine. Will you hold this? And he puts your name on it. He puts your name on it. And uh, so what that means is you're going to come back and you're going to take that item home with you. Well, guess what? God's Holy Spirit is a deposit that guarantees our inheritance. In fact, think of it this way. If God's Spirit is in you, someday you will be in heaven. If God's Spirit is in you, someday you will be in heaven. It's as simple as that. So, an incredibly important question to ask here is, how do you make sure that God's Holy Spirit is in you? I'll tell you how. Paul just did in the Scripture. We'll read it again. You believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. This is back to that verse again we just read. When you believed, there it is. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. So, if you want... God's Spirit to come into you. If you want his presence in you 24-7, 365 for the rest of your life, never leaving you or forsaking you, then the way that you open the door is by believing in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection. And when you put your faith in him alone for your salvation, the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and he will never, ever leave you. That's good news, isn't it? And maybe you're thinking, well, I did that. I did that a long time ago, and I, I, I thought I noticed a difference, but I don't really notice that difference anymore. <clears throat> that might be because there's a difference between the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Spirit, which I will describe in detail to you next week. So, come back next week. But for now, if you're outside of God's family and in your heart, you're sensing that this guy talking could be right. And then if he is right, if the scripture is true, then I need to do something. You know what's happening to you at this moment? God's Holy Spirit is drawing you. I'm going to tell you something very personal. I remember the day, the day that this happened to me. I was sitting in church, sermons going on, I'm trying desperately not to pay attention. I admit that. I'm looking at the floor, I can't look up. I'm looking at the floor, I'm counting dots on the floor. And I'm connecting those dots, and I am, I'm just saying, I'm doing whatever I can, because I don't want to, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to listen, that there's something happening. And, In retrospect, I know what that is. I know who that was. That was God's spirit saying, come on, it's time. By the time the sermon was over, I said yes to God. And I'm just telling you that personal story today because I feel like maybe there's somebody that's feeling the same way. You're like, I don't know, I don't know, but there's something, but I don't know, and I don't... I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm good enough. Let me tell you something you're not good enough. None of us are good enough. That's why Jesus died on the cross, because we couldn't be good enough. If you're saying, well, I got to straighten some things out first. No, if you could straighten things out, Jesus wouldn't have had to die on the cross. So you accept him as you are. And then he takes you to school. And this lifelong course of equipping you to be more like Jesus. So I'm just telling you today, based on personal experience, based on what I know in the Bible, if God's spirit in your heart right now is beckoning you to come to him, the absolute best thing that you could do today, somebody back me up on this, the absolute best thing that you could do today is say yes to God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for not leaving us or forsaking us. Thank you for going with us no matter what happens in this life. Thank you for being in us, even through the difficult times. And I pray, God, for those, first of all, who have known you for a long time but have gotten out of step with your spirit. I pray that this series, Lord, will help us to get back in step. I pray, God, for those who are outside of your family right now. They've heard the gospel. They've heard what Jesus did for them on the cross. They've heard that their sins can be forgiven. They can start anew today. I pray that as your Holy Spirit works in their heart, that today would be the day that they would say yes to him. Offer your glory, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for this church family, Lord, that constantly amazes me. Continue to do good work in us, and I pray this in your son's name and all the people said. If you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, share it with friends and family, or let us know by tagging us at New Hope Church TV on social media. We would love to connect with you